Financial Grown-Up Podcast, episode 300. Being a financial grown-up really is hard. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. We got this. Okay, my friends, it is episode 300. A lot of these milestone episodes just go by, and frankly, I'm too busy just trying to get them out that I don't really do anything to mark them, but I did notice 300, and we are gonna do something special here. Let's talk about that opening. You've heard it, oh, so many times where I say being a grown-up is hard. Yeah, it's really hard, including dealing with a lot of stuff that doesn't work out, including a lot of stuff that hasn't been working out for so many of us in 2020 especially things that we have no control over. So we're going to focus a little bit on the things that I've had trouble dealing with that haven't worked out for me, not so much in the immediate. That's a little bit too raw. Maybe someday I'll cover some of the things that have been frustrating to me in the last few months, but we're going to focus on growing up stuff, stuff as I emerged into my financial grown-up life and things that really kind of sucked. And sometimes they didn't really have any big lesson, but I tried to come up with a lesson now in hindsight of some sort, but also they really just kind of didn't work out. So when I started Financial Grown Up, this podcast, I should say, not just the book, that was 299 episodes ago. The purpose was to share stories of successful people. And those stories usually involved a setback or a challenge. And then there's some kind of money tie-in. Sometimes it's a little bit loose. We stretched it sometimes. And sometimes it was very obvious, and maybe those weren't even the best episodes. I kind of like the ones that are a little bit out of the box to be cliche. But anyway, part of the mission of this whole podcast is to inspire. And so we really work hard to stay positive, and we definitely emphasize successful outcomes and lessons learned and things that we can all take away from whatever adversity our grown-up guest has faced. But the truth is that grown-ups, very much including myself, fail all the time. And sometimes a failure is just a failure. Sometimes it does not lead to something better. Something better may come along separately, but sometimes things just don't work out and it stinks. Sometimes there isn't a lesson in terms of what you could have, should have done differently and so on. Sometimes it's things that you could never have controlled and you did everything right, which is, by the way, a lot of what's happening now. I mean, look at what COVID-19 is doing to businesses And to people who did everything right. I mean, if you had an emergency savings account that was three to six months, well, here we are coming on six months. So, I mean, entire business sectors wiped out with no warning. Income projections that were rock solid vanished before we even knew what hit us. Livelihoods taken away. And in some cases, friends and family getting sick. Those losses, I mean, I don't even know what to say. So anyway... Like most of us, I have had quite a few setbacks and full-on failures, but for all the obvious reasons, it's not something that I always shout out to the world, even though with the passing of time, I can laugh at some of them. Not all of them, though. Some are just bad memories. Some are just failures that suck. This came up recently when I did a Zoom mentoring session with Tiffany Smiley's More Than Me group of women. They were asking about my career path, and the subject came up of how I decided to take the path that I did. I decided to answer honestly. 
I didn't choose the path. A lot of my plans just didn't work out. And I just went with what I could get. The truth is sometimes, for example, you might take a job because it was the only one you were offered and you needed a job because the job paid money, right? So in the spirit of grown-up transparency, here are some other grown-up moments that weren't all that. First job, Wyckoff Bakery in New Jersey, age 15. My job was upfront serving customers, simple stuff. You memorize the price of every item before you are allowed to start and actually interact with the customers. Okay, so then your job is basically customers come and they order their baked goods and you gather them for them, you give them to them, you ring it up, very simple stuff. But just weeks into the job, I was fired. Why was I fired? Not because I couldn't do the actual job, but because I could not reliably show up on time. Why? Because I had transportation challenges that I had not really thought out in advance. I needed a ride. It was too far away to ride my bike all the time and no one could reliably drive me. So my attendance was unreliable. They didn't really care about the why. I thought they would figure something out for me, right? All I knew was I wasn't there. All they knew, I should say, was that I wasn't there when I was supposed to be, and they really didn't want to hear my excuses. So I made minimum wage, much of which went to the cost of a lovely yellow polyester uniform that I had to wear. I did get to keep it. I wish I still had it just to show you guys. I would post a picture, but I don't have it. Also, I did get to pay taxes for the first time. I'm not sure that's a great lesson, but that's sort of a lesson. So that's a grown-up moment. I guess the takeaway from that, even though it stinks that I was fired and there's really not a lot I could do differently in retrospect, other than be aware that I had no real reliable way to get there, was that you have to show up and on time and nobody cares about your excuse. Another high school job. This one I could drive to, so I had that going for me. I worked in gift wrap at a local department store. Now, gift wrap paid the least and you were dependent on tips from extremely high maintenance customers even though the store was providing the gift wrap for free. It was one of their big selling points at the store. So my goal, of course, was to get to the shoe department where they worked on commissions and I heard they made a lot more money and also it wasn't as boring. But I was passed over again and again. I later found out that the openings went to the people that were friends with the department manager. So there's a financial grown-up lesson, although... I don't know in retrospect if I would have done things any differently per se, but you really should pay attention to where the center of power is and always be networking. And also it's not fair. And sometimes the best person for the job doesn't get the job. Although I don't know that I was the best person for the job. I mean, it's just getting people's shoes. And I think the other people that got it were also probably fine. All right, college internship time. I tried and I failed to get an internship in the WNBC newsroom. So that was my first failure in the TV news business. I did, however, get to work in the advertising and promotion department of the local WNBC. I got that by being friendly to people when I was in the NBC offices at Rockefeller Center interviewing for the internship that I really wanted. So I was just nice to everybody. Someone who I had met heard that I didn't get the placement I wanted, and they asked if I was willing to consider their department. I'll never forget you, Jenny Rodriguez. Financial grown-up lessons, smile and be nice to people especially when you are the visitor. You never know who's around. 
I could not get a job in television out of school. That was so fun. This was that Ivy League school. I was graduating from this Ivy League school that my parents had paid for in full, including a semester abroad studying art and architecture in France. Tangent here, I got a D on that. I should have appealed and at least gotten a C. But anyway, senior year, coming out of college, everything going for me. I had no debt. I could move home with my parents. I was at every advantage you can imagine. And of course, I'd had that great internship in the advertising department of NBC, not the newsroom. But senior year, my friends were all getting job offers at major investment banks, consumer products companies, or going home to run the family business, in one case, on a beautiful Caribbean island. I moved home to New Jersey, where my parents were asking me about my plan B, because it didn't seem like my plan A to be a journalist was coming along at all. I had nothing. Luckily, by the end of the summer, I found work, no, not in news, I found work as a junior production assistant for scheduling promotions, something like that. I'm not sure what they did there, but it was at USA Network. When I got there, I was informed I was replacing the unpaid intern and they were annoyed they would have to pay me. Not that there were any benefits or anything. Also, I was to assist the receptionist in addition to my intern junior production assistant duties. Fun fact, when I finally did quit for a job at CNBC, my verbally abusive boss was aghast that I was not more grateful for her mentoring. I thanked her for her mentoring at that moment and never looked back. I guess the lesson there is not to burn bridges on the way out, no matter how horrible your boss was to you. You know that big job I had at Reuters where I ran the U.S. business TV unit, anchored global newscasts, interviewed hundreds of CEOs? Well, when I first applied to Reuters earlier in my career for a different job, I was rejected after a meeting I thought went well. I was obviously later hired by somebody else in the company for a different job. When I was introduced to the person who rejected me on the first go around, I did not forget him, of course, but he forgot me. He had no memory of meeting me. In fact, he said he was hearing amazing things about me and they were so glad that they were able to recruit me to come to the company. Financial grown-up lesson, just let it go. Let's also talk about my financial grown-up podcast, the one that you are listening to right now. This was also plan B. I was going to be doing a documentary, but I just could not make it work. The workload was too much, especially with kids at home and blah, blah, blah. And when I did the math and compared the financial reward, if and only if I ever got somebody to actually buy the documentary from me, well, the math just, as I said, the math just doesn't work. So I had to give it up and I still have some people on tape. I don't know whether I will ever be able to revive it, but I was really sad. I was really, really sad. I really wanted this documentary to make an impact and tell some important stories, but I tell a lot of great stories on this podcast, so I'm happy about that. The financial grown-up lesson there, even if you are already knee-deep in a project, if you know the math will never work, you have to cut your losses, aka don't throw good money after bad. Also, the first book I wanted to write was not how to be a financial grown-up. It was going to be about how to manage the complicated finances of blended families, but no publisher wanted it because, wait for it, Divorce is a downer. Oh, and fun fact on another failure, I was divorced at 30. The failure was the poor selection of who to marry, by the way, not getting out of a bad relationship. Financial grown-up lesson, have your own money so you can leave a bad relationship. 
And finally, I was cleaning out our family home we recently sold and came across my report cards from my senior year of high school, consistently citing, you guessed it, a total lack of motivation. The financial grown-up lesson there, who cares? We're all entitled to seasons of our life when we just can't motivate. And I think that's something we can all relate to during this season of our lives, dealing with quarantine and coronavirus and all of the different challenges that it has brought to so many of us. On that note, I'd really love your help to help motivate me. What do you want from the Financial Grown-Up Podcast? I really love it when you guys give me feedback. DM me on Instagram at bobbyrebel one On Twitter, I'm at bobbyrebel. And please, I am begging you, my friends, leave a review. Ratings are great too, but please write something. It can even be a short one, like this one that I love from Amira Q. I hope I said that right. A-M-I-R-E-Q. Quote, amazing podcast with an amazing host. Bobby Rebel Financial Grown-Up is an amazing podcast that packs a lot of gems in a short time. It's real, it's exciting, and Bobby gets to the point. Five stars from me. Thank you so much, Amirek. I really appreciate that. Thanks to everyone who has been supporting me through these 300 episodes. Steve Stewart for his editing, producing, and all-around great advice. Ashley Wall for keeping me organized, doing all the graphics and videos and show notes and guest booking and so much more all with a smile on her face. And to my friend, Joe Salcihai, who has not only been mentoring me for years, but is also my co-host on our show, Money with Friends, which of course I know all of you listen to as well, right? And finally, to my family, my husband, Neil, kids, Ashley, Bradley, and Harry, and of course, Waffles, and the very first financial grown-up in my life, my dad, Arthur Rebel. Thanks, everyone. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.